baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. And welcome back to Hardline. Uh, this is Kevin Hardwick on this special Labor Day weekend edition of Hardline. Uh, holding over is uh, Richard Lipsitz. Richard is my co-host today. He was nice enough to put this uh, show together. Richard is the president of the Western New York Area Labor Federation. Uh, uh, we'll eventually be taking your calls at 803-0930, 803-0930 if you want to come in. But we open up the, uh, the uh, line now to uh, Jim Briggs. Jim is... Uh, United Steelworkers. He's, uh, let's see, he's District 4 Sub-District Director. Jim, is that your title? Uh, yes, it is. J- Jim, now, I, I, and I was asking Richard Lipsitz about this. You'll have to explain that title to me. That's an awfully long title. So <laughs> who, who actually, you know, what, what is a sub-district? How big is your district? Uh, walk me through this. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm the sub-district director out of Buffalo, and I cover Buffalo to Syracuse you know, to the Canadian border, to the, the Pennsylvania border, over to Syracuse, um, is, is the terri- territory I cover. How, how many, how many uh, USW members do we have in, in this neck of the woods? Uh, USW members? Um, in the, in, somewhere between um, 6 and, and 73 in that area. How are how are things going for the steelworkers? Are you kind of uh, are, let me let me talk to you about some some trade issues. First off, these these tariffs, um, uh, especially tariffs on steel. I would I, again, I'm a I'm I'm not an expert. I'm not in your shoes. Uh, I would assume that the steelworkers in general are happy about these, or or because they they protect the the uh, 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 domestic steel production, or or am I wrong on that? No, no. I think I think uh, you, you know we're 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 in favor of, of of tariffs being applied where tariffs need to be applied. Um, we're not in, interested in applying tariffs. The the whole issue with the tariffs is is to balance the ability of of different parts of the world to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, we're certainly not a, in, in agreement with tariffs on on our friends of the north in Canada where. You know they're not a competitor. They're not in in the business of driving the economy to the bottom. They're in the business of driving the economy in the same direction. Middle class Americans and the steel workers would like to see it go, which is an upward swing. And we're in favor of tariffs where companies are are using um, you know child labor and low cost labor uh, to produce products that that you know. We can't even compete with if we pay people minimum wage. So you got to balance it somehow, and, and that's what tariffs should be put in place to do. Well, well, let me follow up on uh, with that, especially concerning Canada. Uh, there's a lot coming out the last few days about the the uh, Canadians and the North American Free Trade Agreement (NAFTA). Mm-hmm. Um, where 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 are you coming down on that, or where what are your thoughts on what's going on? Well, I, I mean, in in the most basic sense of it. Um, the, the problems, whether it be NAFTA or the other trade acts, a lot of them come to, to the enforcement of, of what's been in place, let alone whatever the new law is going to be. 
So, um, you know, where we're at on, on that whole issue is we, especially, you know, out of the Buffalo office, out of the, the steel workers in general, but specifically the Buffalo office being a border town, a lot of our business do in Western New York do across the border trade. And, and NAFTA, since the inception of NAFTA, we've seen very few of our jobs migrate to Canada on the opposite side. We've seen somewhere between 700,000 and a million jobs migrate to Mexico. And, and, and again, this is what we're talking about, where our country wants to be. Um, tariffs can control that because if you're in favor of no tariffs in Mexico, what you're really saying is you're in favor of a race to the bottom. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Jim Briggs of the United Steelworkers. Um, my guest co-host today is uh, Richard Lipsitz of the Western New York Area Labor Federation. He's just coming off his contract-mandated 10-minute break, so we're going to make him do his uh, his work now. Uh, uh, Richard, uh, you, have a, uh, you have a question for Jim. Well, I thought Jim might be able to uh, expand a little bit more on this question of the um wages in in Mexico and, and uh, benefits in Mexico and why this is such a concern for things like NAFTA. Yeah, I mean, it, look, the wages in, Medi- in, in, in Mexico are, are, are far below our, our minimum wage. Um, for people that have never had the opportunity to, to, to visit um, since the, the NAFTA went into place, um, if, if you had an opportunity to visit, you would you would think organized labor when it was making its arguments back when when at the inception of NAFTA uh, had a crystal ball. Right. Um, we said it would it would affect the people because of lack of environmental regulations. It would affect the people because of lack of of um, minimum wage uh, standards. It would it would affect the world because of Clean Air Act, and and that's exactly what it's done. If if you go to Mexico today, the unlike us who who drive to work in a car and and come home and pull in a driveway and walk in a house, a lot of Mexican workers are still living on pallets on the outside of the fence line where they work, and with with the blue tarps we buy at value to to cover our lawn furniture as roofs on their homes. Um, so so when when you look at Canada, you see much of what you see here with regards to wages and benefits and, and, and child labor laws and environmental issues. When you look to the South, it's, it's encouraging um, the, the, the way things are being done down there. And without, a, without the right new trade agreement, where they're going to continue to go is, is the abuse of people. Not to mention, uh, last time I seen the numbers, slightly over 30% increase in birth defects since the inception of NAFTA in Mexico. So, so Jim, in, in, in general then, are you hopeful that President Trump can negotiate a, a much better deal with, the, with the Mexico? I mean, we're, it sounds like he's, he's on that path. Well, number one, let, let me say this. Um, I, think, I think that a, a better trade deal has to happen, and, and mm-hmm. it's got to be the right trade deal. Um, I don't know enough about what President Trump is doing to say he's doing the right thing. I think the fact that we have an opportunity to negotiate a new trade deal, take a look at history, which, you know, whether it be Clinton or Bush, back in the day at the inception of these trade acts, they didn't have history to look at. President Trump does. And if you, if you look at history, it's a lot easier to correct the problem than when there's no, no, 
no base, you know, no no baseline. So I'm hoping that that our president is looking at history and saying that we have to put a put a trade act in place that will address the issues that have been flawed for the for the past years. And I'm I'm hoping he will say that workers need to be treated better than they're being treated. Well, you know, you're you're right. At 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 its inception in the early '90s, uh, NAFTA was uh, originally negotiated by the the first Bush administration, Bush That's the right. father. That's right. Passed off to Clinton, and Democrats, Republicans lined up. It was pretty much. I can remember a debate on Larry King between Al Gore and Ross Perot, and that's where you got uh, Ross Perot coming up with a phrase, that giant sucking right, sound you right, hear, right? right. Uh, Richard, but, but you're, I, I, you're I, nodding your head. I want No, I want to point out that uh, you're correct, that uh, Herbert Walker Bush negotiated it and Clinton signed it into law, and was, it was ratified by the Senate. By the Senate. But the question is, uh, when it did go into effect, we had a gigantic demonstration at the Peace Bridge and at the Rainbow Bridge where we warned of exactly the problems that have emerged in, in what uh, Jim just uh, alluded to. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with the wage and benefits and, uh, and having an um, easy way out for American corporations to run and take their money to a place where they can make maximum profit at the expense of ordinary people in those countries. Mexico being the best example. Well, you, uh, you you turned out to be prophetic, I, I guess, and I hopefully we, did, we yeah. can. You know, we are we are talking about changing that. Listen, uh, Jim Briggs is going to stay with us for one more segment. He's going to hold through the break. When we return, uh, Jim will be here uh, on the phone. Uh, uh, Richard Lipsitz of Western New York Area Labor Federation will be here. Uh, if you want to join us, uh, get online eight zero three zero nine thirty. The number to call eight zero three zero nine thirty on this special Labor Day edition. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio nine thirty W B E N. And uh, welcome back to Hardline, Kevin Hardwick here. Richard Lipsitz in the studio with me as my co-host. Richard is president of the Western New York Area Labor Federation on this special Labor Day uh, weekend edition of Hardline. Uh, Jim Briggs of the United Steelworkers, District 4 Subdistrict uh, Director, is uh, with us by the phone. Jim, thank you for holding through the break. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, Jim, We I, I want to get to a phone call or two uh, in a moment, but uh, I have a question about uh, something that's near and dear to my heart. I'm a, I'm a Tonawanda boy now, and I represent the Tonawandas in the uh, Erie County Legislature. And you got that Tonawanda Coke facility, which was cited several years ago. They ran into some serious problems. They're back in federal uh, district court on Tuesday. Uh, you represent some of those workers, don't you? I wondered what, what your thoughts were about that facility. Well, let me let me say this. Um, we have a, we have a, a, a corporation that has has made a conscious decision over many years not to be a, a good corporate neighbor um and and that extends to workers in the plant um you know a, a little over a year ago we had a worker who who lost his life in that plant mm-hmm. um my position at this point is the tunnel there that collapsed uh 7 to 8 months ago they've had plenty of opportunity to do something to rectify the situation and they haven't and I think it's come time for the the government agencies to say, you know, we we've put a member of your corporation in jail. We've lost a worker, lost his life. You've had enough chances. You either clean up or you're gone. And and we will support that because we're going to support our members' safety and them going home to their families at the end of the day in the community where our plants operate. Before we're going to support that corporation. Hey, uh, uh- 
Jim, let me just follow up on that. A lot of uh, uh, elected leaders are calling on the, uh, the government, either the federal or the state government, to basically shut them down. I am actually working on a resolution for the Erie County Legislature. Uh, but if, if they were to close tomorrow, would that not jeopardize the, uh, the livelihoods of some of your members? I, I think the, the, the truth is, and I think too many people miss this, uh, Kevin, the, the, the livelihood of our members short term would be affected. We would do everything we can working with our other brothers and sisters in labor. Our plants are doing well right now. They're, they're, you know, we have a number of places hiring as well as other affiliates do. Um, I do not believe that you can put the long-term health. A lot of these things that are happening there won't affect these workers mm-hmm. today, but later in life it will, and I think their health long-term is more important than, than today, and we will help them get through the tough. That, that, that impresses me as a very enlightened view. Let me just make that uh, uh, comment. Let me, uh, let me do this. Let me uh, bring in some callers. And, uh, again, we've got Richard Lipsitz uh, here in studio. we got Jim Briggs of the uh, United Steelworkers on the phone. Let's bring in Ed. Ed, thank you for holding. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. You know, I bought a book back in 2004, Exporting America. Why corporate greed is shipping American jobs overseas. And in 2004, it was confirmed 900 companies did this. Now, when a, they're also exporting Social Security taxes, etc., etc. Why? Greed is killing this country. When, uh, when in the world is somebody going to have the moral guts to start waking up? And start keeping some of the jobs here. Uh, this, uh, I'm 78 years old. I worry about my children. I worry about my grandchildren. What's going to happen to Social Security Trust Fund as it now exists? And by the way, I wish they'd stop borrowing from the Social Security Trust Fund. And I'll hang up and listen to your response. Oh, okay, Ed. Thank you very much. Uh, Ed hangs up. Uh, that line now available, 803-0930. Jim, do you want to field that question? Well, yeah. Um, uh, look, let, let's let's rest assured that this ties right into to trade and tariffs and, and the issue we're talking about. Um, th- since the inception of NAFTA, the average wage of the American workers went down, which means the average amount being paid into Social Security to sustain that fund mm-hmm. is reduced because it's based on a percentage of earnings. Um, this all ties together. I, I agree with the caller 100 percent, and 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 I would certainly call on our elected officials to do the right thing. This all goes to this new concept during uh, the, the the trade deals that have been made. You know, my first 15 years doing this job, I didn't hear of new workers should make less than current workers. New workers should have different health care. New workers shouldn't have a pension. Um, this all grew out of the trade acts and the, the abilities of companies to threaten workers' jobs because they could migrate somewhere to where they could misuse people. And it's definitely the callers 100% right. If our elected officials don't step up to the plate soon, our next generation and some of our current retirees will be in trouble. Richard, you want to expound no, on that? Or? No, Jim's Jim, done a nice job. Jim, Jim said it exactly the way I all completely agree with him. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to John in Rochester. John, great to great to hear you calling in again. We don't have to do the well check this week. Okay, Kevin. Listen, uh, Richard, uh, 
as far as the Lent Corporation goes, I got to tell you, I I hope the people of Western New York support the owners of this corporation against against in this case the uh, union um, pressure. Uh, what does this say that the Lent Corporation? And I, I'll talk. I'll I'll, ma- I'll make this known to the uh, owners of the Lent Corporation. I hope they're considering moving out of New York State into a friendly right-to-work state. And what are, what are the chances of that happening? Is there any uh, possibility that's going to happen? I hope they do it. Uh, they they're under undue pressure uh, from labor, which I think is unfair in this case. Richard? (laughs) Uh, I don't know where to start on that one. Um, The um, National Labor Relations Act was passed in 1935, one of the signature pieces of the uh, New Deal, and it gave the union movement the right to organize uh, and collectively bargain for wages, benefits, and conditions. What this caller is asking us to do is turn our back on that law, turn our back on workers who want to have that advantage, and we are not going to do it. We're going to stick with these people this workforce, as long as it takes until they get a contract that's fair to them, and I hope it's fair to the company. And I think the only way you're going to get a contract is one that's fair to John, both. John, is that what you're doing, turning your back on the Wagner Act? A little history lesson here. Right? Well, this is good. We've got enough uh, uh, labor laws, state, federal, and local laws to protect workers without unions. I, I disagree with that. Anyhow, I, I just think he's wrong. I don't think there, I don't think there are enough laws Union. to protect. The best protection, excuse me. The best protection is a collective bargaining agreement. It provides for wages, benefits, and conditions of work for a set period of years, and it's enforceable in federal court. Okay, John, we couldn't hear. John, we'll give you the last word, and then I've I've got to go. Presented by unions. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Thanks again, John, for calling in. Uh, listen, uh, back to back to Jim. You uh, you were, were kind of on the sidelines for that. Uh, do you have any any comments on that? Yeah, look, at it, it, there's federal law out there. I, I'll, I'll say what what Richard said, but I want to feed off of that. I have never negotiated a contract with a company that I thought would harm the company right. and harm the long term viability of the the um, the facility because I'd be wasting my time putting all the work and effort into negotiating that contract. We're a lot smarter than that. All the workers, a lot of the issues at Wentz is is not just circled around wages and benefits. It's circled around health and safety, uh, that these people feel that there's there, there, there's a risk there. And, and i got to tell you something. Um, I don't know. I don't know the caller well. But if your son or daughter was going to work at Wentz, you would want somebody making sure they were going to come home at the end of the day. In this, in this United States of America today, 5,000 people a year go to work and don't come home. And if safety is an issue, we should be there and we should be protecting that. Jim, Jim, that's I'm sorry, Jim, that's going to have to be the last word for this hour because Neil McManus is staring me down from the news booth. Uh, he's there with news uh, top, or bottom of the hour headlines. Uh, When we return, uh, Richard Lipsitz, my co-host, will be here, and we'll uh, welcome another guest into the studio. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick on this special Labor Day edition of... uh, Hardline. Uh, Richard Lipsitz still here. Uh, he is the president of Western New York 
Labor Area Labor Federation. Uh, joining us in studio is the Western New York NYSA, New York State United Teachers Regional Director Mike Dealey. Uh, we're going to ignore him for a minute because I have a question and uh, hopefully ignore him for a while. Uh, I have a question for Richard Lipsitz. Uh, you know, we just heard from John from Rochester before the break. He called in at 8030930. He called in and, uh, you know, he encouraged the Went people to move out of the state. And, of course, you're having a press conference tomorrow about Went getting a contract with him. You know, last week I had Bob Confer as my guest. Bob Confer of Confer Plastics, a family businessman, very responsible person, very bright person. He knows his stuff. Uh, and we talked about how difficult it is uh, to do business in New York State. I mean, I think John uh, John's sentiment that, you know, uh, um, uh, Went should move out of New York State uh, to someplace a little bit more business friendly. Uh, I mean, that's something you must well, deal with all the time. Yes, yeah, of course we do. But it, there's two set, there are two issues here. It, it, New York State isn't more or less business friendly on the front of labor relations. Labor relations, that with the law I, I, I quoted, was the Wagner. That's a national piece of legislation. It's been in existence for almost 80, 83 years. So uh, we're not talking about, if he's talking about that, I disagree with him. If he's mm -hmm. talking about regulations on business, I'm not an expert on that. I do, we, of course, we hear from certain business people all the time. There's too many regulations in New York State. Some of those may have some merit to them, need to be adjusted. Others may not. I, I think we could do a whole show on that. In That's fact, right. it would be fun to get a guy like Bob Confer together with someone like you, and, and, and I think but, we could have a, in terms have a, of labor have relations, a good discussion. Labor relations, there's no more or less. Let, let's, let's turn our attention to NYSET's uh, uh, Mike Dealey. Mike, before we get into uh, labor questions, I just have a, a question. I know that you went to uh, – uh, you're an Arizona boy. You went to a school. Was it University of Arizona or Arizona State? University of Arizona. University of Arizona. And I, I guess with the weekend and watching John McCain's uh, memorial service yesterday, uh, very moving. Um, did you ever run into McCain when you were out in Arizona? Oh, yeah, I did. I mean, we were very proud of him as a congressman and uh, senator. When I was a junior in high school, I got selected to go to Boys State and John was one of the key people running Boy State in, in Arizona in 1983. Uh, he gave a speech to all of us that were there about his uh, his uh, encampment, you know, in, in, in prison in Vietnam, and talked about loyalty and patriotism. And by the end of Boy State, we all wanted to be John McCain. Uh, he just represented patriotism and loyalty, like nobody's business, and it's kind of sad to see him go. Well, in the ensuing three decades or so, three and a half decades, do you still want to be John McCain? You know, I, I really like what he's about. You know, there's there's some things that I disagree disagreed with him when he was on the national stage, but I, I do like that he cares about people, uh, that he uh, you know um, wanted to see all of us do better, and uh, he was very good at going across the aisle and making sure that we found things we could all agree on. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Mike. You are New York State United Teachers, uh, a public employee union. Uh, last time uh, I had uh, Richard on the air, it was just before the Supreme Court's Janus decision came down. After that, I talked to, uh, just after the decision, I talked to uh, head in studio uh, Buffalo Teachers Federation's uh, Phil Ramore just after that decision came down. Of course, that's a decision that, that affects you more than some of the guests we had on earlier. We talked to people from CWA. We talked to people from United Steelworkers. Of course, they are mostly private sector unions. You are a, a public sector union. That's where the Janus decision hits directly. It says that you can't force 
a public employee to join your union, uh, not even pay for, uh, uh, in New York State, we've had agency shop fees, where if I don't want to join the Buffalo Teachers Federation or NYSET or, or whatever, um, I'm still required to pay them something to negotiate my contract. Now that's that's out the window. Um, are, I, I assume these are difficult times for you and your union? Uh, I would say not. Um, you know, we lost agency fee as public employees in New York State and across the country. Uh, but in New York State, with this agency fee for you know the law where uh, you have the right to not have to pay union dues, um, a fraction of one percent did not uh, you know have membership in NYSED or public employee unions in New York State. Uh, so you know when the case uh, was decided in June. Uh, it it affected less than one percent of our membership not paying dues. Now, when when Phil Ramore was in here, he was he was saying, and I asked him about the the decision. He said that they were going to educate their members, they were going to go out and visit their members, and lo and behold, a few weeks after that, I had a knock on my door, uh, a gentleman looking for my wife, who was a Buffalo teacher, uh, and wanted her to to sign something, and uh, I actually uh, I actually uh, she wasn't feeling well, so I signed for her. I don't know if I should admit that or not, radio, but. Uh, <laughs> But that was uh, it was that the sort of thing that's been going on across the state. Well, despite the fact that you know we had so few people that were agency fee payers in New York State, we're not taking it for granted. So we set out uh, early last summer to do a one-on-one with every member in the organization and worksite visits, home visits, uh, telephone calls, and uh, I'm happy to report that we've talked to just about every member in New York State as members of NYSIT, as well as you know the CSEA, PEF, and the other public employee unions. And, you know, we're maintaining a high 90% commitment to the union, which is different than other parts of the country where we've seen right to work take over. Now, when I think of, of, of NYSET being a public official myself, I think of a union that's, that's extremely politically active. I mean, you're, you're out there. Uh, where, where did you come down this year in the gubernatorial campaign? Uh, the New York City Teachers thinks the governor's coming in the right direction, um, but chose not to endorse in the governor's race. You didn't endorse? No endorsement. So uh, do you see endorsing after the primary is over? I think we're finished with our endorsements for the year. So it's 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 wide open. Wide open. So members are free to vote for whomever they like, including Mark Molinaro, the uh, the Republican candidate. They sure are. Now, are you in, you're endorsing though in other races? Where where are you putting your efforts this year? What are I, I assume maybe Congress is most important to you? Uh, Congress is important, but in New York State, uh, our focus is the state legislature. Uh, and at the end of June, uh, you know, our membership was pretty disappointed to see uh, a test and punish uh, laws not change. And the Senate Republicans, along with the IDC, chose to create a bill that would reward charter schools with lots of money uh, instead of getting rid of the test and punishment uh, APPR. And so we're focusing this year on, on folks that uh, support uh, getting rid of uh, the test and punish uh, law of APPR. Okay. Listen, we're talking to Mike Dealey, the, uh, uh, let me see, the Western New York NYSET Regional Director. Uh, he is in studio and will be taking your calls after the break. Richard Lipsitz of uh, the Western New York Area Labor Federation is also along. In fact, he's the co-host, and after the break, we'll make him earn his money and, <laughs> and uh, ask some questions of Mike. Uh, in the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN.
And welcome back to Hardline. One last segment uh, here on this uh, Labor Day weekend, special edition. Uh, Richard Lipsitz is here, the Western New York Labor Area Labor Federation's president. Also, Mike Dealey from NYSIT uh, along with us. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back to the phones at 803-0930. Let's go to Kevin in Pendleton. Kevin, thank you for holding. Yes, happy Labor Day, gentlemen. Happy Labor Day. Thank you. Um, Mr. Lipsis, I have a question. Two, two quick questions for you. Um, you mentioned earlier that not only Democrat candidates or elected officials um, join your annual parade and celebrations, but also some Republicans. Can you name a few of these elected Republican candidates or officials who participate in your parade and celebrations? And also, I know about two current independents running for local office out here. Would you welcome these citizen candidates also in your celebrations, or... Is this just an exclusive thing for the uh, two major parties? Well, let, let me handle, handle that in two, two ways. The, our social events are open uh, to anyone, in fact, uh, who is, in, is a, a non-antagonistic to the goals and, and objectives of our labor movement. Now, uh, I'm sitting with uh, a Republican politician, a political leader, who has attended uh, some of our dinners, and that's one of the main social events. I uh, can tell you that uh, Senator Gallivan, uh, Senator Young, um, Senator Jacobs have been at our parade in the years past, and other Republicans have as well. Our, now, that's the first part. The second part is our, our process for making recommendations for political endorsement is open to any political, uh, anybody running for political office at literally almost any level. Now, we, we try to, to limit that to the state assembly, state, state senate during those years, and Congress, and we don't pay as close attention to, say, town races. But in the off-year elections, county and town people come in for endorsements all the time, and they're from all different political parties. I, I, I have a list that's quite extensive of Republican and independent uh, people who've come in and asked for our endorsement, and sometimes they've received it. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, Kevin, thank you. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the question. Uh, well, Richard, uh, uh, again, you're the co-host. Mike Dealey from NYSA this year. We still have another seven or eight minutes. Uh, ask him a question. All right. Uh, Michael, um, the issue of the NYSIT representing, uh, well, first of all, tell us how many teacher locals NYSIT actually represents. Across the state or in the region? And, I'm sorry, in the region. In the region, we have 56 uh, teacher union locals. And how many people do you think that is? Well, I mean, we represent over 200 bargaining units. So, you know, if you combine them all, it's about 42,000 in western New York. And it's not just limited to uh, teachers? No, bus drivers, maintenance, support. Uh, about a third of our membership is private sector as well. Right. So you have public, you have public and private in, that under the umbrella of NYSET. You have a blue-collar and white-collar. But it is called this New York State United Teachers. Correct. Yeah. And um, you, you have, in the recent years, the NYSIT and its affiliates have, pay, have begun to play a bigger role in the labor movement locally. Could you just explain sort of, sort of the genesis of that and the reasoning behind it? And well, what happened is uh, yeah, we started looking around and noticing that we're the largest affiliate in the AFL-CIO. Uh, and with that comes a responsibility to our brothers and sisters in the labor movement and a lot of educational programs in, in, in our bargaining units to talk about you know, what it means to have uh, you know, a partnership with folks that, that do work that are unionized in the region and putting together an economic agenda and a social agenda that we can all work on to make our communities better, make our employers do better. Um, 
we've just decided that that's where we want to be and that's a priority we want to make. And, you know, as stewards of uh, our membership, we're going to keep pushing forward any way we can to help anybody that's unionized and not unionized do better at work and do better for their families. So so, so it's fair to say that uh, NYSET has a, a social and uh, cultural outlook on these questions besides just the interests of the teachers and the various bargaining units. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you've heard from, you know, Deb Hayes today about health care and the environment and you, and Jimmy Briggs uh, about the environment, industrial workers and, you know, folks that don't live in this country that are, you know, being taken advantage of so that we can have cheaper products. And when you have those folks uh, educating, you know, teacher union members uh, about these issues, it's real for us. And it, we're able to take those issues and, 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 and vote for them at the ballot box. And this is made for a stronger labor movement locally. That's our goal. Yeah. Now, on top of that, the uh, NYSET is uh, affiliated uh, with national organizations, labor organizations, and a similar, a similar approach is being taken there. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. So the American Federation of Teachers, as well as the National Education Association, are, are, two, are two national uh, organizations. Um, you may have seen recently in uh, states where there's not collective bargaining laws, uh, where teachers have gone out on strike. Uh, and those strikes are not about necessarily wages and benefits, but what we're doing for kids in the classroom, what we're doing for communities, and the dollars we pay in dues to the American Federation of Teachers uh, pay for that type of organizing to go on in states where there's not real strong unionized uh, groups. And so um, we're pretty proud of that. Uh, we like what's happening as far as social change in Oklahoma and Colorado and the different red states that you've seen this happening right, in. Right. And um, so, therefore, the question of national priorities and national uh, legislation, the position that the uh, Department of Education takes both at the state level and the national level, uh, comes into the thinking of your organization. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's. You had asked earlier in the break, you know, about Betsy Devos, and she's the Secretary of Education, and she's also you know one of the large donors of private uh, you know student debt uh, loans, and you know she's been personally attacking teachers all over the country, personally attacking public education, personally attacking union rights, collective bargaining rights, and you know having a national two national organizations to fight back in Washington D.C. and in you know. Uh, uh, media centers, uh, it's important that we push back on what she's doing, you know, for the Trump administration. Um, and it's good to have, you know, an organization to do that work for us. Talking to Mike Dealey of NYSET, uh, he is the regional director uh, for Western New York. Mike, uh, uh, Betsy, you, you mentioned Betsy Devos, the uh, um, secretary of education. She's also big on charter schools, I know, which which are a problem with with you and, and, and your membership, what what exactly is the problem with charter schools? Well, we don't have a problem with charter schools in New York State. We have a problem with some of the charter schools. Uh, it's you know, The idea of a charter school is, is, is great. Uh, innovative thinking, new and, and new approaches to helping better outcomes for kids. What What's happened in New York State and across the country is uh, investors uh, put their money behind charter schools and buildings for the uh, prime purpose of making money. Uh, not doing uh, better for kids and outcomes. And when you have for-profit and education similar to hospitals, you don't get, you know, the very best for the community. Uh, so in New York State, you know, we've organized charter schools. We have organized charter school teachers. And there are many charter schools that are working well for kids and we're getting good outcomes. Uh, but there are charter schools like here in Buffalo. We have the Buffalo United Charter School, which is a for-profit charter school where the profits go straight to a company in Michigan and everything is on the cheap. It's not a very good school. Uh, it's not a place you'd want to send your kids. So so I guess, and again, forgive my ignorance, are there any uh, local charter schools that you've organized? Oh, there's several. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
that the why, why does that come as a surprise to me? I'm looking at Richard. I Hudson's. have no idea. You have because, no idea. I no, should know I, that. And well, maybe you that. should. Maybe you should. I guess I just assume they're not. <laughs> yeah, one of the largest, best charter wow. schools in the region is Applied Technologies yeah. in Kenmore, yes. and yeah, yes. they've been organized since 2001. All right. Listen, uh, while we're on public policy, uh, I know something else that's that's popular with a lot of our listeners that uh, that you may have some other thoughts on is the uh, Governor Cuomo's uh, uh, property tax cap. I mean, that's that's really uh, put the lid on property taxes, but it's uh, also put some pressure on local school districts. Well, you know, nice. It's always you know advocated for you know fair uh, property tax, uh, you know school taxes. We have fought uh, this this unfair law because it is not fair that you have to have sixty percent plus one to pass a tax increase in a community. It it makes it anti democratic, uh, and it makes it difficult for school districts to be able to uh, raise uh, revenue when when it's needed. Um, you know, being responsible is important, but this is a this is an unfair uh, law. All right. Well, we have a have exactly one minute left in the program. Let me ask you: Are you going to the big parade tomorrow? <laughs> I'll be at the parade. I'll be you, at eleven o'clock for the lineup, and it'll you, be. You, you got a float? Uh, nice. It just has a banner. We have uh, our retirees have a, a really decorated car, uh, and we'll be there with bags of candy. And looking forward to seeing everybody in the labor movement there. Bags of candy. Any any want to give us any insight into what type of candy? I mean, some of our listeners. I mean, this may decide whether they go or not. <laughs> there might be Tootsie Rolls. There might be Bazooka Gum. I'm oh, not sure. Okay. Dick, uh, 30 seconds left. Give us the, uh, the uh, particulars on the parade again. Yeah, we're going to line up at 11 a.m. at uh, various streets around Abbott, South Buffalo. We're having a press uh, event at 11 a.m. on behalf of the Wentz workers at the Irish Center. And the parade actually uh, kicks off at 12 o'clock. Okay, very good. Well, I want to thank my guests uh, today, Mike Dealey uh, from the uh, NYSET, and also my guest co-host, uh, Richard Lipsitz from the Western New York Area Labor Federation. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You've been listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 